The book of Ephesians. We're working it out in the book of Ephesians. Amen. And I pray you're learning something. Anybody learning anything? That's my daddy's biggest deal. You know, when I would have, you know, if I, if I had, had to get 10 stitches in my head, I never did. We never did get stitches when I was a kid. You just put a band-aid on it. You just tape it up, shave it off and tape it up. I mean, there's no such thing as stitches, you know, uh, uh, and I mean, one time I fell out of a, you remember these big swings? You could swing till you get to the heavens nearly. And you'd bail out. Anybody, you bail out? I bailed out and, and got miscombobulated and I banged my head. Now, here's, here's, this is so funny now. I woke up at home. Okay. All I remember is I woke up at home on the couch and my dad in his work clothes and my mom staring at me and I'm going, who am I? What time is it? Where am I? What time is it? And, and they said, I've been saying that for like two hours. My, you know, my dad's philosophy. Oh, he'll snap out of it after a while. <laughs> snap out of it. I was concussed. I had a, I was a little boy with a concussion and my dad, oh, he'll snap out. And I did. I guess I did. I guess I'm okay. I, I guess I survived. Uh, but, uh, Hey, I don't know what I got off on that, but, uh, hey, uh, that, this is the way life is nowadays. Uh, the book of Ephesians, wherever I got off on that, I do not know. Uh, Paul the Apostle. Learning something. learning something. Oh, yeah, there you go. My dad, you know, no matter what you, I mean, you could be have a limb hanging off. He'd ask you this question. Well, did you learn anything? <laughs> learn anything? I'm bleeding. I need compassion. He just won't know if I learned anything. <laughs> and so it's important to learn something. Thank you for reminding me. I knew I got down a road and I couldn't figure out how I got down there. Hey, I'm not like that preacher friend of mine. He got about halfway in his message and he said, I haven't forgot where I was going. I think we just need to close out and go home. Okay. I kind of sometimes may feel that way. So, hey, we're working out. I hope you're working out. Anybody reading Ephesians, at least reading and thinking through it? Man, do that. Just begin. And here's what I've learned. And let me tell you something. I have preached from Ephesians. I have read Ephesians. I memorized verses out of Ephesians all my uh, my born Christian days. And I am chowing down. I I, I mean, it's just it's just amazing to me how how alive the Word of God is. And if I can spark you to, to just really engage your spiritual appetite, we're halfway through Sunday where is, is, is the halfway mark. Anybody remember our tent, outdoor tent meeting, you know, we had? That's where we began. And now we're halfway through. And I want you to continue to, to allow the word of God. Don't, don't back up. Don't, don't digress. Don't click it in gear, uh, out of gear. Stay engaged with the Word of God and let, let God's Word make a big difference in your life. So, so we've been looking at Ephesians on Sunday mornings, a little different angle. We're, we're doing like the exercise of spiritual exercises. Uh, last week was the exercise of fitting last Sunday where Paul said in Ephesians chapter two, uh, that, uh, we're being fitted together into the family of God and, and, uh, the little mini revelation I had uh, is a lot of people try to find a place where they fit. God finds a place and then makes them fit because there's a chisel process. Anybody had the chisel working on your life this last few days after Sunday? The chisel of God working on us. So 
Because we're living stones, Peter said. Hey, Randall, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. We're living stones and we're being transformed, shaped, if you will, into the image of God. And and then on Wednesday night, we're just looking at, at the Word of God from different angles on Wednesday night. Uh, and so let me jump back in. Uh, anybody re- remember the primary purpose Paul wrote this letter to the book of Ephes- to the Ephesian church? He just wanted to do what? Strengthen the brethren, strengthen the family. That's why we're looking at Ephesians. He, he just wanted to strengthen them spiritually. And that's my goal for you. That's my goal for me. And I, I'll tell you, I'm sensing the strength of God in my life in some areas. You know, there's some areas where I'm feeling very vulnerable, but I believe it's because God's working in my life and, and, and exposing some areas that may need some addressing, uh, in order for, for me to really plug into God's will and purpose for my life. That's our, our keynote verse, Ephesians 610, uh, was finally my brethren be what? Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then we learned that Ephesians basically is in two parts. There's really, a, he, he begins the first three verses, the letter's pur- purpose there, strengthen and undergird the family. The, le- the first three chapters are about insight. He's given us revelation about who we are in Christ, you know, and what, what belongs to us as believers. I love Ephesians uh, 1, 3, I believe it is. It says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There's that in Christ. So the first three chapters really put us where we should be, our position in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, you can't experience the blessings of God that he has for you. And then the next three chapters, the last three, are really implementation, how you implement and put into play all the things that you learn and the insight and revelation you gain from the first three chapters, by and large. I gave this illustration Sunday morning. Uh, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? That's Ephesians chapter 2. And it says in Ephesians 1 that, that Christ uh, is seated, uh, that God uh, uh, raised him up from the dead, Christ, and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named. So that's where Christ is. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's our position. But then we look over in Ephesians. Here's implementation time. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may uh, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, wait a minute. I thought I was seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all French and fire, spirits, forces, darkness, heavenly places. That's your position. But you got to work it out on planet Earth. Amen. And take your position and put on the armor of God. So that's the, it's the implement, implementation aspect. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and I'm telling you, if you missed this Wednesday night, I would encourage you to get, get the tape or get online. I don't know. There's no such thing as tapes. Get, get the CD and about, we're about to ditch those too because it's all going digital. You just get on the website and you, and you download it or, or go to uh, iTunes, whatever you want to do. Uh, and, and we worked it out in the will of God. Everybody say the will of God. Man, I'm telling you, that's a huge, uh, 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 truth to embrace in order to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Really get a handle and work out and get strong in the will of God. And there's a lot. What I've learned as I'm looking again through this, 
man, there's a lot of strength in all these things we're talking about. He's just—he's not just kind of haphazardly mentioning these things. Man, he, he really places emphasis on finding uh, the will of God for your life. We talked about two levels of the will of God, the standardized will. How many of you know you, you, the Bible you hold is the standardized will of God? Amen. How many of you know the commandments of God are the will of God for all of God's people, right? But then there's the personalized will of God that is specific to our life and to to our gifting and our gift set and God's plan for our life. And and the best way to find the personalized will of God is to get smack dab in the middle of the standardized will of God. And so anyway, everybody say the will of God. And then last week we worked it out in the grace of God. We were working out in the grace of God. Man, oh man, that's a powerful truth. In fact, uh, this book is all about the grace of God and how, how God, uh, he, he was just preparing a moment and a time where his grace could be revealed. And we are in the middle of the age of grace. We're God's special people. Uh, and he was thinking about us in the beginning and about this age, uh, for the church to fulfill, uh, God's eternal plan for all of humanity, uh, to be born again. And so that's where we've been. And tonight we're going to keep working it out. Everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, you got to work it out. We're working it out in the faith of God. Because we, we read about this a little bit, you know, when we talked about grace. For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you are saved through what? Faith. And so, so they, they work hand in hand together. Uh, and so we're going to look at the faith of God here in the book of Ephesians. What I'm going to do is walk you through, just like we did with the grace of God, I'm going to walk you through the, the passages in Ephesians where Paul mentions our faith. I'll comment briefly, very briefly, on some of these verses, and then we're going to go back and I'm going to give you ten faith facts from these, from these verses. I think I've got seven or eight verses. I'm going to give you some faith facts, some things you need to know about your faith. Uh, in order to be able to walk in the faith that God has for you. And then I'll give you some just practical things about working it out and some faith builders that you can certainly apply in your life uh, where your faith can grow strong. Amen. So here we go. Uh, as we jump in, everybody lift at least one hand and say, Lord, I open my heart to hear what you have to say to me tonight. Speak to me tonight from your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Here we go. Let's jump in. Let's begin in verse one of chapter one, because in this verse there, uh, there is mention of a word that is, it's not quite the word faith. It's faithful, but I certainly want to, uh, read it to you and kind of, uh, give you a little bigger understanding. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. Everyone say the faithful in Christ Jesus. You know, that, that, the, what you think it would mean, it certainly means. The trustworthy, the people. How many of you know some faithful people? I mean, you're here. You're the faithful. Okay. The, the trustworthy ones. But it also has another meaning. It means the trustworthy and the believing. So it doesn't, how many of you know, uh, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to give you one of my faith facts. I better hush. Uh, it, it has a twofold meaning. Not just that, that, hey, he's trustworthy, but he's, the reason he's trustworthy is because he's a man of faith. Okay. So he, he addresses us, uh, you know, to the saints, uh, who are in Ephesus and the faithful, those who are the believing, 
those who are the, the faithful to God because of their faith in God. So there's Ephesians 1, 1. Now, look in verse 13 of that same chapter. Look what he says. In him, that is Jesus. Everybody say, in him. You remember what in means, the little word? Fixed position. Those who have a fixed position in him. In him, it says, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things. Oh, that's verse 11. I got, I got to get down to verse 13. In him you also what? Trusted. There's that, there's the reference to faith. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having what? Believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, we see, what's Paul doing right here? Remember, the first three chapters have to do with revelation and insight. What's he telling them? This is how it all happened in you. You believed. In, in fact, in verse 15, here's another verse. Uh, he says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all the saints, I don't cease to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers. So, so... He, he, he realizes, he knows how they got where they got, but he's coming. Let me just tell you how this is working. He said, listen, in him you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the good news of the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, wow, there's a whole lot there. Uh, so there's three verses right there. Uh, in fact, um, I didn't even put 15 up there, but it, it's, it's certainly a valid one to read. Now go to Ephesians 2.8. I quoted it already. For by grace you have been saved. See, he's given them revelation about how faith works. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Everyone say faith is a gift. You don't earn it. You, you, can't, you can strengthen your faith. But the seed of faith that God gave you, it's a gift. You didn't earn it. He just gave it to you. Okay, Ephesians 3.12 says this. It says, in whom, speaking of Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence, uh, speaking of God, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Everybody say faith in Him. We'll look at that verse again in a moment and draw some faith facts from it. Uh, but uh, we'll just move on. Ephesians 3.17, he's praying again for the church. And here's his prayer, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? That you being rooted and, may, and being grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ. So, hey, he's saying, hey, by faith, uh, Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. In fact, that word dwell, it means... Uh, to reside permanently. Let me tell you something. When you begin, when you have faith in Christ, you have the capacity to dwell permanently in Him through faith. Everybody say by faith. Look at Ephesians 4, 5. He says this. Now, I'll give you a little commentary on this. Uh, 4 verse, uh, chapter 4, Verse, oh, let's jump into verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Everybody say, one body, one spirit, say one hope 
And then verse 5, he says, one Lord. Everybody say, one Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all. Amen? Now, he he's he's cleaning up people's theology here about maybe multiple gods and so on and so forth. And he says, there's one faith. Now, let me comment on that briefly. In other words, how many of you know there's only one way to get to heaven? Faith in Him, right? Okay. Then he says, just this is off topic a little bit, one baptism. How many of you know that's not true? Well, I thought the Bible's true. Well, he's referencing one of the, there's three baptisms in the New Testament. You want to know what they are? Everybody want to say, yes, pastor, I'd love to know. The, bapti- the baptism by Jesus into the body of Christ. That's when you get born again. There's, and I, I, I'll give you a scriptural reference later if you want. You're baptized by Jesus into the body of Christ. And then once you're born again, you're supposed to be baptized in water. Okay, there's the two baptisms. And then the third baptism, Jesus said, hey, uh, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And they waited for the promise of the Father. Uh, and on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and they were all baptized in the Spirit. So, so according to New Testament, there's three baptisms. So what's Paul talking about here? He's talking about, he's really affirming the baptism by Jesus into the body of Christ. The context is, hey, there's only one way to heaven. It's through faith in Him. One bapt, one way, hey, one baptism. You can only be baptized into the family of God through Jesus. That's really the reference there. In case that throws you for a loop. How do you learn that? Just by the context of what he's saying and by the reality that you know, he knows there's more than one baptism. So undoubtedly, he's not talking out two sides of his mouth, right? How many of you know Paul's not a Guma's head? He's inspired the Holy Spirit. So, so we know he's not referencing the fact, he's not just saying there's only one baptism, uh, when in other places he teaches about two baptisms and, and then experiences the third baptism. So we know that's not the case. It undoubtedly is a reference because of the context here. Uh, there is one body. Okay. One hope of your calling. What's he say? What's he trying to, hey, there's only one way into right relationship with God. You got it? Look at your neighbor and say, you got it? You got it? Okay. All right. But look, he says one faith. Everybody say one faith. So there's, there's Ephesians 4, 5. And then all the way over to Ephesians 6, 16. Ephesians 6, 10 through uh, 18 have to do with what? The armor of God. Man, I'm t- I remember as a young born again believer, this is some of the first passages of scripture that I began to engage in and began to really learn and realize and man, there was a time and maybe I should get back to this. I was a little legalistic, man. I'd get up in the morning. I go, you know, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm not being sarcastic, but I mean, I, th- I thought, okay, man, I'm not going, I'm not leaving, uh, my house until I got the armor of God on. And that is real. Okay. You can walk with it on, but it's important. He, hey, so you got to put this on. Everybody say, put it on. And when you look down, what does he say in verse 16? He says this above all. Now, when you hear Paul saying above all, what's he saying here? Most importantly, above all, take what? 
The shield of what? With which you will be able to quench what? All. Everybody say all. All the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm telling you, he raises the bar here. In all these pieces of the armor of God, which are all important. Man, how many of you know the, 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 the sword of the spirit's important. The helmet of salvation's important. The breast of, uh, plate of righteousness is important. The shoes of peace are important. Uh, the belt of truth is important. They are all important. But he says, hey, above all, you better take the shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I think it was, mm, I think it was Jim. I don't know. Somebody, we talked, we had a teaching series on the, on the armor of God. I don't know if Jim taught this or somebody, but the, the, the shield he's talking about, in fact, the reference here, it's not, you know, it's not like little shields, little, it's a, it's a complete body shield that the Roman soldiers would, when they would, when they would go out, the whole sheet, it covered their whole being. Boom. It's the, it's the shield of faith. And man, that's what faith, that's a great picture of faith working in our life. I'm telling you, faith is a, is, it, it's huge in the believer's life. It, without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. And we're, we're here to please God. So there's the verses. Now, I'm going to give you 10 faith facts for strong families to help you uh, uh, embrace these truths. And also going to give you some cross-reference passages uh, that we, we're going to learn from these verses that I gave you. I'm going to give you some faith facts. So here they go, 10 faith facts. The first one is faith makes you faithful. Everyone say it. Faith makes you faithful. Say it. That's from, that's from Ephesians 1, 1, the verse. That's where I almost gave it away in the beginning where he said, Hey, to, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, to the trustworthy and to the believing or to the believing and the trustworthy. In other words, if you have faith, it will make you faithful. If you are not faithful to God and His people in the church, you are not walking in faith because you can't have faith without being faithful. Are you with me? Say amen. And so I know I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, but hey, when when you see people say, well, I'm faithful to God, but you know they're not faithful to, to you know, to the, the principles of God and the people of God, and they say, man, I'm a man of faith, but they're not faithful. They're not people of faith because faith will always lead you to be faithful. And, and if you just use the play on words, if you're a man of faith, you're faithful. You're full of faith. Got it? Amen. So great faith fact. Uh, in, in, uh, and, and I think the more faithful you are, the greater that, that evidence is that you're you're a man of faith or a woman of faith. In fact, what does James too? We just finished studying James. He said, some people say I have faith. Some people say I have works. What did James say? I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Let me put it in paraphrase. I'm going to show you my faith by my faithfulness. In that, hey, do you think I can safely say that that certainly applies there? My works, what I do for him, how I show my faith is by my faithfulness. So very clear principle. Uh, and so if you wonder about your faith, check your faithfulness. Okay. It's a big, it's a good little, uh, uh, 
little check, self-check. Faith fact number two, faith comes by hearing God's word. Now, you know this, but that's what one thirteen said. He says, he says, having believed after you heard the word of truth. Let me go back there. Verse 13, in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. Now, we've heard that somewhere before. Where would that be? The Roman road in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. What does it say? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Listen to me. You want, how many of you want to grow in your faith? It, well, listen, it comes primarily through diving into what we've called the standardized will of God last a couple of weeks ago, uh, and diving into the Word of God and allowing it because it's living and active. The Bible says Hebrews four. It says it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This this word right here is alive and well, and it has the power. It's it has power in your life. And when you, when you yield yourself to the Word of God, it, it man, it'll do all kinds of things. But it will build your faith. I, I was uh, texting someone uh, this evening who asked me a couple of weeks ago, uh, a member of our church, to pray about someone in their family, and they're really struggling, and uh, it's you know just some real trauma in in their family. And I was uh, you know, and and uh, I he texted me back today, pretty long text, and he said, "Man, I just need some verses to help me." Uh, and man, and, and, and it was in the area of trust, and not and not trying to figure it out myself, but to trust God. And man, I knew exactly what to, te- I text in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Then I threw Philippians uh, 4, 6 and 7 that says, uh, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Uh, offer up your prayers with thanksgiving to God uh, and just Trust him. Everybody say trust him. So, hey, understand you get that from the word of God. And that's what I wanted to do when I gave him those verses. I wanted to build his faith up in, in the power of God's word. Faith, everybody say faith comes by hearing. And so the more we position ourselves at a place to hear God's word. Okay. The, the greater our faith can grow. If we don't take advantage of every opportunity for the faith of for the word of god to be operational and active in our life we're we're not giving our faith a chance to grow and be strong and this whole book is about being strong and if you don't hey if you're not strong in faith you're you're in trouble okay we've got to have the faith of god operating in our life so faith comes by hearing god's word faith fact number 3 faith is the channel through which all spiritual life flows. Now, catch this. Faith is the channel through which all spiritual life flows. Back to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. What did he say? He said this. Uh, he said, in whom we have boldness and acts... Oh, that's the wrong one. Uh, uh, it's... it's uh, 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, you put it in context, what did he do? We were all dead in our trespasses and sins, 
And what did he do? He came and lifed us. How did he life us? Uh, he made us alive together. How did he raise us up together? How did that happen? By his grace through faith, which he gave us. So what happened? Well, spiritual life was released in us through faith that God gave us as a gift. And here's the reality. There's no other avenue for spiritual life to flow except through the avenue of faith in your life. And if you want the spiritual life flow of God to continue in your life, you've got to continue to activate the faith of God in your life. Faith is not just to get to get to heaven. Faith is to live on planet earth. Amen. Faith is for the question marks of life. Anybody got question marks? Uh, hey, if there were no question marks, if everything was okie dokie and a-okay, there would be no need for faith. When you get to heaven, you don't need faith because you're with him. You seem just as he is. There's no more weeping or sadness or sorrow and mourning. The former things are passed away. No more need to, to walk in faith because, hey, we are in his presence. But until that time, if you want that spiritual life flow to be active, you've got to live and breathe and walk in the faith of God for your life. What got you saved is what gets you through. Everybody say that. What got me saved... It's what will get me through. And so you've got, to, you've got to realize that. Faith is not just to get me saved. It's the avenue through which spiritual life flows. And let me just throw this out conversely. When you start doubting, it stops up the spiritual life flow of God in your life. When you fear, it stifles God's capacity. When you doubt, when you have unbelief, it stifles the capacity of God in you to go to work. The life flow, the channel has been clogged by doubt and fear. Faith unclogs the channel, amen? And the flow of God happens in your life. Everyone say number three with me. Here we go. Faith is the channel through which all spiritual life flows, amen? Number four, faith is the building block for spiritual boldness. Faith is the building block for spiritual boldness. This was ch chapter 3. I tried to get there early. Verse 12. In whom we have boldness. Everybody say boldness. And access with confidence through what? Faith in Him. In other words, faith will make you bold. The more faith, the more bold you are. If you're not bold in the things of God, your faith is weak. If you're fearful and, oh, I don't know if I can say anything. I'm afraid. I'm fearful. And you have, and you're not bold with your faith. It means you've got weak faith. Hello? Because when, hear what he says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So faith is the building block of spiritual boldness. If you want to be more bold in your walk with God and more bold in your presentation of the gospel, you've got to stir up the faith of God in your life. And it's going to, and you know what? Here's, let me just be practical with you. A lot of people are insecure with, with the, and, and not bold because they don't know the word of God very good. They feel ignorant. I don't know. That's when people call the pastor. Pastor, I got this guy who wants to get saved. Can you can you get him saved? No, you get him saved. I don't know how to get him saved. I don't know. But you had enough gumption to call me. Google it. I mean, just come on. I mean, you can you can do this. <laughs> this is not rocket science. But hey, insecurity because of a lack of knowledge. But let's 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 dig a little deeper. If you don't know the word, where does faith come from? It comes from the word of God that you know. 
from hearing the Word of God in your life. So, so hey, you get into the Word of God, it builds your faith, and it releases boldness in your life to share with people. It's, it, it's hey, it is, it is paramount that we keep, keep faith at the forefront of our life and be stronger and stronger in the things of God. So faith is the building block of spiritual boldness. And in that same verse, faith fact number five, faith is the key to gain elite access to Him. Everybody say elite access. That's kind of a catchphrase today. You know, if you pay the extra, you know, uh, you get the elite access. If you fly much, you can go and hang out in the, what's it called? The, you know, the, the, the cool room with all the high rollers. You know, you go in there and get donuts and coffee uh, because you paid the, you got the, 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 you know, the elite access. You've got it all because you've accomplished a certain level. That's why I like flying with David Shibley. He's, he's got a gazillion flyer miles. And, you know, when he lands, the whole airport says, Shibley is here. He's here now. We can, what should we do for him? And so, man, you follow him around, you can get all kinds of places and eat all kinds of special goodies uh, because he has elite access. Now, look at this verse. In whom we have boldness and access. Everybody say access. With confidence through what? Faith. Faith is the key for you to gain access into the presence of God. You got to have faith. Everybody say you got to have faith. Now, let me show it to you in another verse. Let me give you a cross reference. Uh, you're close. Go to Hebrews chapter 10 real quick. Take a right. Go to Hebrews 10 verse 19. When you're there, say I'm there. And if you can't find it, just say I'm there anyway so nobody will know you can't find it. Nobody there? All right. Uh, say it out loud. I'm there. All right. Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having what? Boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in what? And full assurance of faith. Now, there's how you, there's faith. Gaining you access. We draw near. And, and two things. With a true heart and full assurance of faith. Everybody say full assurance. Man, I'm gonna, I, I would rather have full assurance. How many of you like full assurance? Let me ask you, let me, let me pause. Have you ever had, you know, in the, in the gifts, the spiritual gifts, there's a gift of faith. It's different than just standardized faith. It's like it's a specialized gift for, where, where you might have just a, a great gift of faith dropping you for something. I've had that operate a time or two in my life. I've told people, I, rem, I tell this a couple of times, Venus Malone, whose two kids are nearly grown now, she was, she couldn't, her and Matt could not have kids. They're from Quitman. And uh, she was trying and trying to get pregnant. And I'm telling you one day, it dropped in me like a, like a explosion. I said, somebody here, uh, is trying to get pregnant and I'm going to pray for you because I have faith. And I, and I didn't even, I'd forgotten. She was in the nursery. Somebody said, I said, anybody here? Nobody raised their hand. And somebody said, Venus is in the nursery. I said, go get her. I'm telling you, by the time they got her out of the nursery and she got to the altar, she was bawling like a baby. And I just, 
just exploded in faith. And I says, you're going to have a baby and you just get ready for it. And I said, ladies, give her a shower because she is going to conceive. And when that, when I finished saying that, I said, OMG, what did I just say? <laughs> Beverly and I attended that little girl's, uh, uh, she's here, college, high school, pardon me? High school graduation a couple of years ago, okay? And and then she has another son who's still in high school. So what's what's her name, the little girl's name? You remember? I forget. Elizabeth. I mean, I'm telling you, it was just an explosion of faith in my heart. Uh, and 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 that's where, you know, it's that true assurance. I'm telling you, God wants us to operate in that more and more. And the mo- how you do that, you get a hold of God. You draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast what? The confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So look what it, these verses here, there's a lot here. What's he, what's he connecting here? Our faith with the presence of God. Faith is the key to gain access into the presence and purposes and ways of God in our life. It's huge. Amen. So faith fact number five, faith is the key to gain access, elite access into the presence of God. Faith fact number six, faith is a matter of the heart, not of the head. Faith is a matter of the heart, not of the head. This comes from 317 where he says this. I'm in Hebrews. Let me get back. 317 where he says that. Christ may dwell in what? 317, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, how many of you know your heart? He's not talking about your cardiology. He's talking about your, your, your being, your person, your, 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 who you are. Okay. He said, Christ dwells in your hearts through faith. A lot of people try to keep faith right up here. Have you ever heard anybody Quoting scripture like they're trying to convince themselves that it's going to happen. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed in the name. Like the, you know, like the faster you say it or the louder you say it, you're going to convince yourself that you are. And it's a, it's some kind of weird exercise of the mind rather than of the heart. How many of you know you, there's a lot of people that believes Jesus is real right here, but they don't have a, a, a belief in fact, the word to believe, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish. That believe means to trust in, rely upon, and cling to. It doesn't mean to believe. The Bible says even the demons believe, and they got enough sense to tremble. He's talking about something from the heart. Faith is, a, is an attitude of the heart, okay? Uh, what, faith is a matter of the heart, not of the head. It's not, you know, in fact, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But if, all the, if the Word is just here and you've not meditated on it, let it drop down into here. See, listen, there's passages of Scripture that if you, that you get them here. Here's, what is it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, you know, you get it here. But you let it down into your heart and it builds faith in your heart and you can begin to believe that, not just here, but here, something in you. You have full assurance that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? So it's a matter, and that's what Proverbs 3, 5 is all about. Trust in the Lord with all your... Look up at me. Trust in the Lord with all your... 
And lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. Faith is a matter of the heart. Okay, it's got to get out of our head into our heart. I think there's a lot of people going to churches that have a heart understanding of Scripture. Pardon me, have a have a mental uh, understanding of Scripture, but it has never dropped down into their heart. And as a result, they have a form of godliness in their life, but they've denied the power because they've not opened up their heart. Amen. So important. Amen. Faith is a matter of the heart, not just the head. Number seven, faith is humanity's only avenue of access to God. Faith is humanity's only access, avenue of access to God. Ephesians, pardon me, Ephesians 4, 5, what did he say? There's one faith, one Lord, one God. What's he saying? He's the only way. Amen. There's not a, du- there's not a duplicity. There's not a, Multiplicity of ways to, you, you, you come to Jesus through faith. You cannot become a child of God by doing good works. It's through faith. For by grace, you are saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. Faith is the only avenue of access to God. And let me just say, in the culture we live in today, there is a lot of uh, religiosity in the world. And hey, we love everybody. But let me tell you something. There's only one way to heaven. Man, you want to be politically correct. Don't say that. Don't, don't, Don't tell everybody the Mormons are going to hell. And let me tell you something. A Mormon is going to go to hell if he doesn't give his life to Christ and through faith in his name. I'm just telling you, okay? There's only one way, and it's through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. There's only one way. Amen, it's true. Everybody say that's true. Number eight, faith is the bonding agent with God and others. It's the big brother of love. Look at, look at verse 17 again. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Now let me stop right there. You remember at the first chapter uh, of Ephesians when he begins to pray, well, he saw two things. I saw your faith and your love. Everybody say faith and love. Listen, here, here's what you need to understand. If you're a man of faith, It will bond you, if you will, with Christ and with the family of God. And you'll, you'll be, you'll be a lover of God and a lover of men. You can't have one without the other. If you have faith, uh, you know, uh, some people say, hey, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of the faith and works. You know, if you, if you say, I have faith, but you're not working it out with your brother, read first John, man. You say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. In other words, how can you love God? You love God through faith 
How can you have a relationship with him through faith? Well, if that's happening, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bond you to him, of course, just like he said. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Man, there's, there's a, that faith will, will, will ground you and establish you in an attitude and understanding of love. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passage knowledge, passes knowledge that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, you just have to know that, that where there's faith, there's going to be love for people. If there's no love for people, there's no faith. Man, that's a, that's a, that's a faith check, is it not? How we love. It's the bonding agent with God and others. Number nine, faith is the primary protective force in our spiritual warfare. Of course, that's in Ephesians 6, 16, in the armor of God. Above all, take the shield of faith, whereby you quench 90% of the fiery darts of the wicked one. No, everybody say all. It's, it's a primary protective force in your life. It's a shield over your life. In fact, what did First John, what's First John 5, 4 say? It says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even... Our faith. Everyone say our faith. Now, you got to understand, uh, the faith that you have, God designed it to be a victorious faith, but you've got to activate it. And that leads us to faith fact number 10. Faith is an action, not a reaction. Everybody say faith is an action, not a reaction. You know, when most people try to activate faith in a pinch, in a jam, all of a sudden everything goes to hell in a, in a hurry, and you're trying to scrounge around to stir up a little faith to combat this onslaught of attack and, and resistance and evil against you. How many of you ever done that? You know, all of a sudden you're just blindsided and you go, oh my gosh, oh Lord, and, and fear hits you and doubt hits you and you're trying to stir it up, man. All of a sudden your prayer life's heating up. You go, oh God. I... How many of you know that's reactionary? Now, when you look at the armor of God and Paul, what he's saying here, don't, don't be a reactionary. Be a, you can be a responder and, and, and be active in these things and know, hey, I've got to, I can't just react to the circumstances. I've got to have faith strong in my life where, where I'm always, hey, I've always got the shield up. I'm always in, in fact, if you look at that verse, uh, when he talks about the, he's the shield of faith, he says this, uh, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. Hey, and the, you know what the inference is? I'm going to have it up before there ever is a, a dart. You know, most people, the dart's slapping them and popping them and, oh, God, you know, and they're trying to find their shield. That's reactionary thinking. Listen, there will be fiery darts. So just be up. Faith should be something that is more an action in your life and that operates in your life on all levels. To where when the fiery darts come, it's not duck and hide and call the pastor and scramble around and hunt up the, 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 the cliff notes. 
you know, and jump over to Ephesians and whoa, 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 what was that? You know, whoa, oh gosh, it was the shield of faith. No, you just, you get it and you get proactive in this thing and you'll be victorious and you'll see all the fiery darts of the evil one quenched in your life. Everybody said amen. So there's 10 faith facts that you just, you can apply from these passages of scripture. Uh, hey, let me now give you, let me just give you some quick thoughts and we'll close. Working it out. Everybody say you got to work it out. Here's some, these are not just all from Ephesians. I'm just going to give you uh, four thoughts about working it out in the faith of God. Number one, as we know, you're born again by faith. That's how you come into the kingdom. You're baptized in the body of Christ by faith, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace we're saved through faith. And that's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. And then we walk by faith. Everybody say walk by faith. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that's what Paul said to the Corinthians. For we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we don't look at this world around us through the natural eyes and react to it. We look through the eyes of faith. We don't look at the circumstances of life through, through our natural understanding, Proverbs 3, 5. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. You trust in the Lord. You walk by faith. Listen, when you get up in the morning, you don't know what your day is going to hold. You may be like they said in James, we're going to go here and do this. We're going to go here and be blessed. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And James says, you better say if the Lord wills. But hey, we we assume, uh, We I think... We tend to assume things, that everything's going to be okay. Hey, if you're going to assume something, you could assume that the devil does not like you. You could assume that he's trying to trap you. That would be a faith. That would be more than an assumption. That would be knowledge of your enemy. You could assume that we live in a fallen world and there's trouble out there. You could safely assume those things. Most people don't think that way and so they are not they don't walk by faith. They don't get up in the morning and engage God at the place of faith and and put on the shield of faith and take it up and 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 begin to walk today. I'm trusting you in every year of my life. I just believe and I thank you that it, it, there's an assumption that everything's somehow going to work out. And when we get blindsided, we're scrambling. So we've got to walk by faith. Everybody say walk by faith. And another one's kind of akin to it, live by faith. There's a lot of verses here. Galatians 2.20. Uh, let's see, it's one of my memory verses from a long time. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. What's he talking about? Being dead to himself. In fact, Paul said in another passage, I die daily. In other words, every morning I wake up, seems like my old man has resurrected and I got to crucify. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live in the flesh, that is in my body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
He said, I'm living each day by faith. I'm walking by faith. I was born again by faith. I'm walking by faith. I'm living by faith. Romans 1, 17, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Uh, all of those things uh, uh, talk about living by faith. Run the race of faith. And then, hey, we die by faith. What did Paul say? Whether I live or whether I die, I die in the Lord. But Hebrews 11 talks about the forefathers of our faith. It says many of them didn't see the promises. They, they, were, they were sawn in two and lived and died by faith. Listen, I don't confess this on anybody. But how many of you know sometimes people get sick and die? Like my granny said years ago, she's in heaven now. I hope she's in heaven on my dad's side. She's talking about one of her... When she was a little girl, Uncle, you know, Ed, he said, well, one day he just sickened and died. You know, they didn't know why you got, you just sickened and died back then. And you know the funny part? Yeah, it was wintertime. We buried, I remember Papa buried him out, you know, by the house. It was real cold outside. And then she said to me this, she said, come spring, the hogs rooted him up. <laughs> I just remembered that. Uh, but, hey, Sometimes we sicken and die. And if, if we sicken and Jesus doesn't heal us, He will. Did you know not everybody gets healed? There's two false assumptions about that. Nobody gets healed or everybody gets healed. It's not true on either front. Some people get healed in this life. Some people don't get healed. But for the believer, in the end, everybody gets healed. And so, if I happen to sicken and die, I will be sick and I will die in faith. I will not doubt God because I sickened and died, because He didn't choose to heal me, because I know in the end I will be healed. I'm not going to doubt God uh, about the circumstances of my life. Am I going to call in all the Kenneth Copelandites I know? Absolutely. I'm going to call in every faith man, every faith woman. Absolutely. Hey, but if I sicken and die, I will be. I will die in faith, having trusted Him for my eternity. That's working it out. Some people, they get in a little jam and all of a sudden they, they doubt God because they have these false assumptions. Did you know God? Hey, He doesn't mind sacrificing your, your body on the altar. He did it with His own Son. Hello. <laughs> all right. I got all worked up there. Everybody, help Him, Jesus. All right, I'm about done. Let me give you three faith builders real quick and we'll go home. Three faith builders. Number one is the Word of God. We've already talked about that in Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The more Word you get, the more faith you get. The faith comes by hearing in the Word of God. You want to strengthen your faith? Get stronger in the Word. It's just simple. You want your faith to grow? Get Grow in the Word. Amen? Number two, not only the Word of God is a faith builder, but the Spirit of God is a faith builder. Jude 20 says this, Building yourself up on the most holy faith Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself up on the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. That's clear as a bell right there. Now, somebody says, is he talking about speaking in tongues? Uh, not necessarily. How many of you know you can pray in the Holy Ghost in English? The main thing is, you get the Spirit of God flowing in your life at the place of prayer, and it will build your faith. Are you with me? Okay, and let me just say, 
this has to be consistent in our life if we want our faith to be built. And then number three, not only the Word of God and the Spirit of God, but the people of God, the family of God. They, they, God put them here and put us with one another to build each other up. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11 with me and we're going to close. This is the last little hoorah. Hebrews 11, uh, oh, down in verse, uh, I think it's not Hebrews 11. It may be Hebrews 10. Hebrews, uh, 10. Yes, verse 24. Hebrews 10, verse 24. 23 and 24, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? Faithful. Everybody say he's faithful. It's verse 23 of Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Now look at this. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as, as you see the day approaching. Do you see what he connects there? He connects the, uh, the, 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 the faith confession and the hope of God. The next thing thought out of it, he said, you hold fast to that. And oh, by the way, stir up your brothers in it too. Keep your brothers and sisters in the faith. Encourage them in the faith. Don't forsake the assembling. Consider one another and stir up love and good works. Hey, it's the family of God. Builds our faith. I thank God for people of faith. Hey, I, hey, if you're, a, if you're a doubting Thomas, I don't want to hang around you. If you're always moaning and complaining and fearing and doubting, listen, I love you, pray for you, but I don't want to go on vacation with you. Uh, come on, let's be honest. We need, we need to be men and women of faith for one another. Let me just throw this out to you. If you're going through something and it's a trauma to you, Hey, don't come to church all poor mouth and downtrodden. Come to church and build up somebody else. And be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith and say, listen, I'm coming to the house of God and I'm going to encourage because I know if I, whatever I sow, I'll reap. I'm going to sow faith and encouragement. I know God will give me faith and encouragement. Now I know sometimes we just down in the, we got our, as my daddy used to say, we get our dauber in the dirt. We need somebody to help us out. That's what we're here for. But you be that for somebody else. Somebody else needs an encouraging word from you. Amen. Faith. Everybody said we're working it out. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who heals all my diseases. Amen. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Uh, to the faithful, the, the trustworthy, and the believing you are. I appreciate you. Now let's go work it out this week. Let's be men and women of faith. Let's stand up together.